0: Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what, I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too, and if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a
1: bet with you. Hello, I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and welcome today to this absolutely gorgeous day in Colorado. I'm looking out the window, I can see Pikes Peak, we can see Longs Peak the other direction. I mean, you you can't beat this. Um I am passionate about working with people to show them how to use social media for business, and I am delighted today that we have Don Cooper here. Um for those of you who uh were watching and, and listening and hoping for Lori Ruff and Mike O'Neill, they were unfortunately delayed in Minneapolis, so we'll have them on some other time to talk all things LinkedIn. But it was great of Don to be able to change his schedule and get here. So I want to give you just just a little bit of a bio on him. He is the sales heretic. We'll ask him to explain that. He's an internationally acclaimed sales expert who helps salespeople and professionals dramatically increase their sales. He conducts seminars seminars. Seminars, trains sales and customer service teams, and speaks at annual meetings, conferences, and conventions. His clients include companies such as Spectrologic, Yamaha Canada, Line X, Hot Spring Spas, Cobalt Boats, and Nissan Canada. Boy, that's quite the variety. He has written regular columns for five different business publications, has co authored three books, and is currently working on two more. How in the heck did you fit us into your schedule today? Um, for tips on uh, sales boosting resources and things like that, go to doncooper.com and follow him on Twitter at Don Cooper. So, with that, Don, thank you again so much for being here today.
2: My pleasure, Deb.
1: Well, you know, we're just gonna kinda jump into this. Because, um, you know, as I mentioned, you were our last minute fill-in. So I did some research on you. Discovered that you use Twitter a lot. And one of the things that I noticed was that you have 33,000 active followers that you're connected with on Twitter. I was looking at your Twitter feed this morning just to kinda get an idea about what you post on. And I read lots and lots and lots of tweets, and then I realized they were all within like an hour. So tell us, from your perspective, why you think Twitter is a great marketing tool.
2: Well, Twitter is a terrific tool because it enables you to reach a really broad audience with your message, whatever your message happens to be. Whatever it is you do, whatever it is you sell, you are an expert at something. And Twitter is a way that you can share that expertise with all kinds of people and the power of twitter is that the people you share your expertise with can turn around and share it with a lot of others mm-hmm. that's how something goes viral right so if you tweet something particularly insightful particularly helpful particularly funny that can get retweeted all over the web
1: perfect now you train people to be better sales professionals and and as i mentioned you're the sales heretic why are you the heretic what talk to me about that
2: I realized uh, a few years ago that a lot of what I teach people to do flies in the face of conventional sales wisdom. Mm-hmm. A lot of the sales training that's still out there was developed back in the 50s and 60s and it, it it's old, it's antiquated. It doesn't work well these days if it ever worked. And a lot of it turns people off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I teach flies in the face of that. Okay. I teach people things like take no for an answer. <laughs> you know and and you know, you're, you're, you're worth more than you charge. Mm-hmm. Things that, and, and your job is not, not to sell anything. Right. Things that sound weird mm-hmm. on their surface, mm-hmm. but they make sense as I explain them, as people understand them.
1: Mm-hmm. So why, if I were wanting to sell somebody something, I would take no for an answer?
2: Because if somebody is not interested in what you've got, they're not a prospect. Right. Just and go away, can, leave it alone. Yeah. You can waste your time going after this person, banging your head against mm-hmm. a wall. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy somebody else... Who actually does want Mm -hmm. what you sell? That's a lot easier.
1: Okay. Well, and you know, I've I've noticed that you use the social media tools to talk about some of the tips and things. Do you get you know Do you get a big response from people who do that? Obviously, you're successful at it. You know, do you give tips? Do people really retweet your information? How are you using these tools?
2: Well, yes to both answers. Uh, Yes to both questions. I tweet sales tips every day, every Mm -hmm. weekday at least. And those get retweeted all the time. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I also tweet marketing tips, customer service tips, um, success tips, presentation tips, all different kinds of tips that relate to sales. Mm-hmm. And those get retweeted every single day. It, it's rare that I put a tip type of tweet out there mm-hmm. and it doesn't get mm-hmm. retweeted a lot.
1: Okay. You know, one of the things that I notice with, unfortunately, too many people is they don't think that they're in sales, and they really are.
2: Exactly. How do
1: you deal with people like that?
2: People need to understand that they are in sales whatever they do. They need to be interacting with people. They need to sell their expertise, their ideas. Uh, They need to sell themselves on working as part of whatever team they want to be on. They're selling to their kids, their spouse, their parents, their friends. So we're always engaged in some kind of a persuasive effort. And Mm -hmm. really that's what sales is. It's, It's persuading somebody to do something that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. The only difference between sales and any other form of persuasion is that there's money changing hands at some mm-hmm. point.
1: Yeah, I I had an interesting conversation last week uh, with someone who volunteers for an organization, and we were talking about how to use social media as as part of the, their efforts for that nonprofit. And this person told me he said, "You know, uh, it's a waste of time. We've it's never worked." And I said, "What do you mean it's never worked?" Because to me, they have a pretty successful Facebook page. They have someone who posts several times a day. They've got a very concentrated effort from their staff. So, you know, they're getting a lot of great information out there about the organization, things like that. And But this person told me, we've never received a, a dollar from it, no donations. And so my question to them was, have you asked? And they all looked at me and went, no, Really? I said, yeah. You you have uh, people. You assume that people know that they should donate or volunteer or whatever, but they never actually did the ask. Do you come across that problem an awful lot, where people assume, "Gee, you should know that you should buy my product," and, and we don't do the "hello, give me money" type of thing?
2: Yes, that problem is endemic, mm-hmm. and you see that in all areas of business and life. It's not just in nonprofits; mm-hmm. it's also in the profit sector. Right. People just expect their prospects Mm -hmm. to say, okay, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't actually happen very often. A salesperson has to close. Mm -hmm. And whatever industry I work in, closing is always the number one problem. Mm -hmm. And I've done work in the nonprofit sector with charities as well as with Mm for-profit companies. They have the exact same issue. People don't want to ask for the sale. Mm -hmm. They don't want to ask for the money. Right.
1: And and there's certainly ways to do it where you're not coming across as what I call the used car salesman. Right. You know, standing there with your hand out the entire time. So
2: what's it going to take to yeah, get you to you buy know, now?
1: You know, I'm not going to let you out the door and right. all those things. And I think that is the biggest problem for people is they, they don't want to be that pushy person. So, right. you know, if you were to talk to this nonprofit, what would you tell them?
2: What I helped – I worked with the American Cancer Society, actually. Hmm. And what I helped them realize was – On the one hand, they were salespeople. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: On the other hand, that was not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. What I help both salespeople and non-salespeople realize is that sales is an honorable thing. And sales is simply helping somebody achieve what they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. So I help people reimagine what sales is. Ah. I help people gain a different perspective Mm -hmm. on what selling truly is. Mm -hmm. And when they understand it, they feel really empowered they have a whole different approach a different perspective i made the audience in the american cancer society cry ah because i reframed what their job was mm-hmm. and once they realized how important they were mm-hmm. and how much it mattered that they did what they did mm-hmm. they they were in tears
0: mm-hmm.
2: they were absolutely overcome with emotion
1: great you know and, and i think probably one of my first experiences was and that set my tone for not liking to do sales was I worked for a hotel, and I had to do outside sales. And so I did a lot of cold calling. Sure. And, of course, this was long before you even had, you know, you, well, we certainly didn't have email. And so you, I had to go door to door. Right. And I hated that. Of course. You know, and, and I'm not a shy person. I'm not quite sure why I had problems with this. And I had a list of, of prospects. I mean, I wasn't just completely and totally cold calling. So how do you reverse that mentality to show people that it really is a good thing, whether it's a nonprofit or you know, it's, it's me telling people they should come to one of my seminars or something like that, where I'm, I'm feeling good about what I'm doing?
2: It's part of that reframing process, mm-hmm. and it is a process. It takes a considerable amount of time to, to go through. It starts with understanding that sales is not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Most of us, when we think about sales, all kinds of negative imagery comes to mind. We think of the used car mm-hmm. salesman that Herb Tarlick character mm-hmm. from WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> we think of words like obnoxious and annoying and underhanded mm-hmm. and sleazy. We don't want to be any of those things. Right. So we tend to associate those ideas with sales. Mm-hmm. And so when we have to sell, that's what we think of. Mm-hmm. And because we don't want to be perceived that way, we don't do it. Mm-hmm. Or we deliberately sabotage ourselves. We postpone. We procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Because we've got this conflict between what we want to be and what we believe we have to be if we're going to sell. Mm -hmm. So that's a process I walk people through Mm. in understanding that, no, sales is not really negative. Sales Mm -hmm. is actually a positive thing, and Mm -hmm. here's why. And once they realize that they're not being obnoxious Mm -hmm. when they try to sell, then they can do it more easily Mm -hmm. and more effectively.
1: Right. Well, and you know, we talked about the fact that you give seminars and presentations. Do you work with people one-on-one?
2: Absolutely. Okay. I do individual coaching as well.
1: Okay. And, you know, so would somebody just go to your website to find that out? Yeah. Okay.
2: doncooper.com.
1: Cool. Great. And, you know, and, and there's obviously a lot of tips there, too. I was looking through your blog this morning and finally realized, oh, I'm going to run out of time because I was just, you know, reading post after post. So now I have to make sure I subscribe. Thank you. But you know, what I really liked about it was a lot of what you talked about was tongue-in-cheek. You know, it, it was it was done in a humorous way which is is probably good because people do have negative perceptions about sales. Uh, you know, you had talked. To, uh, one of the ones that I read today that I enjoyed was, uh, you know, please don't give me, please don't uh, ask me for a ask discount. Ask for a discount, yes. Uh, explain that to to the people.
2: I I like to be humorous. I'm I'm a, a humorous guy, and, and people learn better when they're having fun mm-hmm. and they're laughing. So I try to take that approach with with uh, with my work, and I saw this a person with a sign that said, you know, you know, discounts available, just ask. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how crazy is this? This person is is basically giving away their margin. They're offering to give Mm -hmm. away their profits. And so I wrote this post called Please Ask Me for a Discount. And noting that this is not an uncommon situation, Mm -hmm. people will often give away their margin. And the reason is fear or guilt or shame I have a whole – my most popular presentation, actually, is called The Myth of Price. Hmm. Why you should charge more Mm -hmm. and how to do it. Ah, And I get into the psychological issues behind what causes salespeople, business owners, and professionals Mm -hmm. to cut their price Mm -hmm. and why they don't need to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have found, especially as a woman, is – we want to please people. Absolutely. And, and you know, so I might tell somebody, okay, it will cost you $5,000 if I do X for you. And they say, well, that's not our budget. And rather than saying, okay, we're going to change what we give to you, you know, we're going to, so maybe it was a 20-page website, now it's going to be a 10-page website, we just, oh, okay, well, we want to make you happy, so I'm going to discount Right. It. And I think the the problem is people then expect that to happen. Absolutely. So how do I deal with the people when I tell them I'm not going to give you a
2: discount? Again, that's part of a process that I lead people through. (laughs) I know we
1: have 20 seconds. Yeah, (laughs) there aren't aren't really short answers to these things.
2: Part of it is understanding the value that you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Part of it is understanding that the fears that we as salespeople deal with, Mm -hmm. what causes us to offer discounts, Mm -hmm. and at the same time understanding what's going on in the mind of the prospect, what's Mm -hmm. really important to them. Mm -hmm. Um, The the process that I lead people through helps them to understand both what's going on in their own head – and what's going on in their prospect's head. Because mm-hmm. you need to understand both mm-hmm. in order to effectively sell at a good margin.
1: Okay. Well, and, you know, I, I, I give presentations on social media. And it's funny. I About, oh, once every couple of weeks, I have somebody that asks me to speak for free. Sure. Now, there are times where I will do that.
2: Absolutely. You
1: know, if it's a nonprofit, if it's, you know, there's uh, several groups that I work with who they don't, they don't even have a membership base, but they're working with people who are unemployed. Right. So I'm more than happy to go and talk to them about LinkedIn and, you know, and and all of those various things. But, you know, I will have the one or two a month that say, well, you know, we don't pay our speakers. And I know that they do. Uh, And then they say, and you should be honored that we asked you. So I came up with this little analogy, and I I blogged about it like you blog, and, and, and I said, you know, I am honored because right. there are so many people who do what I do. Sure. Of course, I like to think I'm the best, but, you know, there are so many people who do it, and and so I am honored that they selected me. But I tell them, you know, say you're going to go get gas the gas station, and there's two gas stations right across from each other. You fill up at one. Are you going to go in and tell the person, "Well, I'm not going to pay you because you should be honored. I chose you rather than the guy across the street." Exactly. Most of the time, they get it. Sometimes they just say no. No. You know? And 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 what really annoys me are when they when they charge for their programs, and so they're using my name to charge. Right. And I tell them, "I'm sorry, that's not acceptable." Now, there's you know certainly ways around it. You know, I've I've told like chamber groups. Maybe you don't pay your speakers. That's fine. If that's universal, then I'm cool with that. But what about a free membership or discounts on their lunches or something? And I think that's maybe where people get caught up in the fact that, you know, the, I'm, I am selling myself is or my knowledge. Maybe your it's a better way time. to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so then we, we, you know, how are we going to consider, you know, that prospect? You know, should I always just give the discount? And, and if I don't give a discount, are people going to be annoyed with me? And, and I think that is very tricky for people because I don't like to think that I'm in sales. But I am.
2: You are. You know, we it, all are. Yeah. And we all need to value ourselves. Mm-hmm. We need to value what we do. Mm-hmm. We need to value our product, our service. Mm-hmm. We need to value all the things we bring to the table, mm-hmm. whether you are a salesperson or an engineer or a receptionist, you need to understand the value that you bring mm-hmm. to the organization, right? And you need to value yourself
4: mm-hmm.
2: effectively, because if you undervalue yourself, everybody else will too. Mm-hmm.
1: I worked in an agency one time and and um, learned one of these. Uh, it, it was it was an agency where I learned a great deal. I was there a couple of years. And one of the things that the uh, president of the organization told me is charge what the market will bear. Right. Which I didn't quite understand that at the time. But then I did later when I was, uh, you know, really thinking about it. And, And in essence, it was, you know, you can have different prices. When I would talk to, say, doctors and lawyers who routinely charge hundreds of dollars an hour, if I said what I was doing was $25 an hour, they wouldn't see a value to it. No. But if I was talking to a nonprofit, then it was okay to say, you know, a much less price. And, and that's one of the things I think people get stuck on, too, is they want to have a fixed price, which, you know,
2: that's okay. You, you might have. Yeah. That's appropriate yeah. for some mm-hmm. industries. Yeah.
1: But in other things, sure, I'm flexible with, with pricing. So with that, we're going to go ahead and, and take a quick break. We'll be back in, in just a couple minutes, and we'll talk more to the sales heretic. Don Cooper.
0: Listening to Mile High Radio. Malharadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening flesh.
4: Take another look. What would happen if you took extra minute, maybe two? Let the world come into view. Trade the bad for good. Treat yourself away way you should. Never rest your weary head. Instead of tossing in the spirit. Come November rain Seasons march like a drummer. Don't you ever let them go and fade? Cause it's just another day and another way. Just another day. Make the time to fall in love. Beneath the stars above. Write a novel, read a book. Shakespeare's worth another love. Feel the wind against your face. Feel it slowing down the pace. No winning, others lose. In the end, it's up to you that's Cause it's just another day
0: Listening to Milehai Radio. Milehigh on the World Wide Web for your listening
4: pleasure.
0: According to a recent study, 85% of consumers do their shopping within five miles of home. At Echo Pages, we publish community phone books that take those buying patterns seriously. For just a fraction of what the big phone book charges, you can get a great ad that targets your potential customers without the waste. Call Echo Pages today at 303-805-7344 and let your voice be heard again and again.
1: Hi there, I am Deb Creer. We are back talking with Don Cooper, the sales heretic, about how he uses social media to work with people to show them how they can use it as part of a a tool in their arsenal as a salesperson with everybody being a salesperson. You know, we're all selling something even if we don't want to really admit that. So let's talk some more about Twitter. You do what I, you know, I, I follow you on Twitter, follow you on Facebook. One of the things that I really like is you have a good combination of posts where you're talking about your personal life, you know, you are and I'm I'm not going to try to even attempt this you do something really good with a keto. Yes. And <laughs> so you talk a lot about that, but then you also have your business posts. Why do you think having a good mix in there works for you?
2: People want to know you on a personal level as well as getting your information, getting your expertise. And Twitter is, is a unique tool for that. It's why celebrities have latched onto it so mm-hmm. well. It's a way that, that celebrities can interact directly with their fans. Mm-hmm. And we all have the opportunity to have fans. We don't think of ourselves and our relationships that way, but Twitter gives us that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I want people to know a little bit about me as a person, not everything. I want to share everything. Mm-hmm. I share a, a little bit, as well as providing useful information. So I tried to, to focus mostly on providing three things: uh, information, insight, and entertainment. Mm-hmm. I f- I think a, a good tweet does at least one of those things. Mm-hmm. Either it's informational, uh, entertaining, or, or inspirational. Mm-hmm. And I'd sprinkle that in with a little bit about myself. Uh, so if I'm going to an Aikido seminar, I might mention that, mm-hmm. or if I had a really great. Aikido Trading session, which it's a Japanese martial art. Mm-hmm. And I've been studying that for about, for about five years now. Nice. I'll be testing for my black belt at wow. the end of the year. So Very cool. I'm real excited.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's just a little bit of my personality. And that also comes through in some of my tweets. It comes through in some of the questions that I ask, some of the jokes that I, that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, I did stand-up comedy for a while, mm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I still think in stand-up terms. Mm-hmm. So I think of one-liners all the time. So I'll mm-hmm. tweet those because people want to laugh, they want to to enjoy, mm-hmm. and I want people to have that connection with me, to feel that they know me, mm-hmm. even if it's only through Twitter. Mm-hmm.
1: How many tweets on average per day do you think you send?
2: Usually it's between 6 and 12.
1: Okay. So not really a lot. Not a ton. And and I think that's one of the things that scares people the most. They think, I have to send 20 an hour. No. No. And the people who send 20 an hour, when I read those, I think, aren't they supposed to be working? Shouldn't they be doing something else? You know, and, and, but that really is probably the biggest question that I get when I'm working with people, showing them how to use social media, is they think it can be overwhelming. You know they're going to have to post everything that they're doing, whether right. it's you know they're having their peanut butter and jelly sandwich or you know the great sales seminar that they went to or something like that and it's more about being very strategic it is so I've talked to people who actually have what they call an editorial calendar they know on Monday they're going to post about something on Tuesday they're going to post you know do you do that or is yes. it just more f- oh okay
2: yes i i I tweet every day I try to tweet uh six or seven things right. I, try, I try to tweet a sales tip mm hmm I tweet some other tip, which might be presentation skills, trade Mm -hmm. shows, success, whatever. I try to tweet a quote uh, of some type. Mm -hmm. I try to tweet something humorous. I try to tweet some random original thought or question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to tweet whatever my latest blog post Mm -hmm. was. And I tweet a holiday. Ah, Because I did – I wrote an article about – publicity and PR, Mm -hmm. and one of the ideas that I shared was to hook your press release Mm -hmm. to some kind of a holiday. Mm -hmm. Every day there's Mm -hmm. holidays. Every day is something day. Today is National Baloney Day. Is it? (laughs) See, I got one on you. Among other things. (laughs) I forget the one that I I tweeted this morning. It's something or other month. Uh, But but every single day is something day. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember... Friday was uh, Reptile Appreciation Day. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, there's everything from Christmas and Hanukkah mm-hmm. and New Year's and Easter to wear a plunger on your head day. Mm-hmm. So, there's a holiday for every day of the week, mm-hmm. every week of the month, every month of the year. So, I tweet one of those each day just mm-hmm. for the help because mm-hmm. no one else is doing it. Mm-hmm. So, it's something unique that right. I do. And in fact, I went for about a week where I didn't do any tweets because I was just crazy busy t- with travel. Mm-hmm. And I actually had some people tweet me and say, "Hey, we're missing your, your mm-hmm. daily holidays."
1: Yeah, I've I've had that happen too. Where you know people know that I post often enough that if I go for a couple of days and I don't, people contact and and it's funny. It's not my in real world friends that follow me on Facebook or Twitter or wherever. It's people that I only know online. Right. They'll contact me and say, "Are you all right? Is everything okay?" Absolutely, yeah. Which is very sweet, you know. And and but. In in addition to being sweet, it also shows me that they're looking for that information. Yes. And and so they miss when I'm not posting, you know, a tip about social media or whatever.
2: It's one of the coolest things about social media Mm -hmm. is that it gives us the opportunity to forge brand new relationships Mm -hmm. that we couldn't have before. I have people that are following me in I don't know how many countries Mm -hmm. around the world. I get retweets from people in Brazil Mm -hmm. and Portugal and Malaysia, all over the place. I have people were tweeting my tweets in other languages. Oh,
1: now that's cool.
2: Very cool. Mm-hmm. And I've actually made some real-world world friendships based upon people that I met via Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that's also really cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're establishing brand-new relationships, mm-hmm. and it's one of the great advantages of Twitter and LinkedIn and mm-hmm. Facebook.
1: Well, in a lot of ways, it levels the playing field. You know, we're not having to spend the million dollars to do a television commercial because we can have our Facebook page and we can have YouTube videos and, and all of those various things. So I would see where, as a sales tool, this is great because it is leveling the playing field. But do you find people get lost sometimes because they don't – you know, they, they either don't grasp that or they get too caught up in the minutiae. Yes.
2: Yeah, people do get lost. Mm-hmm. You need a strategy. People need to understand that social media is like any other marketing tool. Mm-hmm. It is part of your overall marketing plan. Mm-hmm. So it needs to fit into your overall marketing strategy, and you need a specific strategy for it. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to focus on one of these social media platforms, Mm -hmm. whether it be Facebook or YouTube or LinkedIn or Google Plus or Twitter, Mm -hmm. you need to have a strategy for that. Mm -hmm. How are we going to use this tool? If you've got a large enough workforce that you can devote time to all of the platforms, great. Mm -hmm. If you're a solopreneur, you can't do everything. right? What do you think makes the most sense for what fits you and fits your target market? Mm -hmm. So what are you good at? What's easy for you? And where are your prospects most likely to find you? Mm -hmm. That's where you want to focus your time and effort. It's better to do one thing really well than to do all the platforms poorly. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and, and we've mentioned that you do focus on Twitter. Right. Was there? Was it just that you liked that Twitter was 140 characters or, you know, what what appealed to you most about Twitter?
2: I started to get to Twitter when I realized the potential for it. And, and I have to give the credit to other speakers that were using Twitter in fairly new ways mm-hmm. back when Twitter was young.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I realized, okay, this is a, a cool way that I can get my word out and, and it doesn't take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And I figured out some strategies that I could use. So it, it's something that I can do pretty easily and it became enjoyable. Mm-hmm.
1: One of the things that I noticed when I was looking at your your tweets today was you really take the time to acknowledge people who mentioned you
2: or retweeted you. Yes.
1: Talk about that from just you know the be nice perspective and also as as a great sales thing.
2: Well it's courtesy. Mm-hmm. And courtesy is vital in sales, it's vital in any of your relationships. I never want to take anybody for granted, mm-hmm. whether it's my girlfriend or my family or or one of my Twitter followers mm-hmm. who retweets me. If you are going to take the time to retweet something that I tweeted, then I believe I should thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate that. I should show that appreciation. Mm-hmm. Now, I might go a couple of days between thanking people just mm-hmm. because it takes time. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. always have time every day to, to do that, mm-hmm. but I make sure to catch up. Mm-hmm. So I might do a, a week or so worth of thank yous at, mm-hmm. at one time in one batch. But I think it's important to to thank people directly Mm -hmm. i also try to ask questions and follow up when people ask me a question Mm -hmm. so uh, you want to have one-on-one communications with people not just broadcast twitter is a medium to interact Mm -hmm. so i ask people questions i comment on other people's tweets Mm -hmm. as i have time and i respond to people that ask me questions Mm -hmm. now what i don't respond to is when people are are pitching me things Mm -hmm. on twitter i'll get tweets that have my name on it and then try our new yeah, product ads. and it's a link to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, that's not a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's blatant advertising.
1: Great. Well, we're going to talk more about Twitter and how we use it kind of as a way to research people when we come back from the break.
0: Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening
4: pleasure.
1: Alright, we are back. I am Deb Creer sitting here talking with the sales heretic Don Cooper. We're talking about how to use social media as part of your sales process to how to really engage with people, to meet people that you might have never been able to meet except for Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of those things. Let's talk about how it can be a great tool for researching. You know, maybe you're going to go, you've got a meeting with someone, you want to sell them, you know, the greatest newfangled whoop-de-doop in the world. How about researching them online on their various social media sites before you go?
2: Yeah. You should, absolutely should do that. The more you know about your prospect, the more effective you're going to be as a salesperson. Mm-hmm. So learn everything you can. Go to their Facebook page. Go to their LinkedIn page. Look at their Twitter feed. See what's important to them. Learn everything you can about mm-hmm. them both as an individual and as an organization.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, when I give my seminars, I tell people to do that. And I say one of the great things is, for one, if you've never met them, more than likely you're going to get a picture. Right. So that's why it is good thing to have a picture on at least one of your sites. You know, your LinkedIn page should have a professional picture. You know, the people who still have their dog or their kid or whatever on their LinkedIn page, no. You know, that's just not not something, unless, you know, they're a dog trainer or something like that. But, you know, you can have much more casual pictures on Facebook, but I tell them research that. You know, th- maybe you went to the same university. Right. Maybe they love the Colorado Rockies, and so you can go to that sales meeting with a, a coffee mug that's Colorado Rockies full of chocolates. Precisely. Now, I always tell people, tell them where you found this out. Otherwise, they're going to think you're stalking them. Which you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, but you're it's an but online stalking, so, you know, it's, 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 that's an Okay thing, are there negatives to that? you know maybe it's the people who post too much information and you know so then it 's a derogatory thing. you know have you ever found out something from somebody you know, you 've been researching them and thought, well, maybe I don 't want to go talk to that person
2: That can happen. Uh, people share too much on social media. Mm-hmm. there is such a thing as too much information mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is why i 'm real careful about what I right. share and so and, and on, on Facebook. I'm really only connected to friends mm-hmm. on Facebook. I, I don't let a lot of random people connect with me. Oh, we're connected. And even then, we are, absolutely.
1: <laughs> I'm not random, yay. And even then, I don't share everything.
2: You right. Know, I'm still mm-hmm. a relatively private mm-hmm. person in a lot of respects.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So as you're researching people, if you find information that is embarrassing or potentially embarrassing, mm-hmm. don't mention that. Right. You know, they don't need to know mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. that. So if you find out from their post or from their profile that they're into fishing and you're into fishing, great. Mm-hmm. Talk about fishing. Mention, mm-hmm. hey, I, I looked your LinkedIn profile real quick and noticed that you're into fishing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm into fishing as well. What what do you fish for?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think probably the, the best thing is, you know, whether you found this out online or not, you, you have to be authentic about it. Absolutely. You can't say, gee, you know, I'm, I am I really love the Colorado Rockies, and they're talking about, you know, the, the baseball team, and you're talking about the mountains. Then it gets a little confusing. Right, or, or trying you're, to fake it, saying, yeah, yeah
2: did you yeah. see that game, what, in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, and the Rockies had the ball. And and, yeah. and, and
1: somebody scored a goal. Right, <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> be authentic, mm-hmm. and it's important to be authentic both online and offline. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, you know, it really is funny when I catch people in, in doing things like that where they have tried to, to kind of fake it or something. But it, it's a great tool. You know, I went for a meeting one time with someone, and uh, this was I, I looked at their LinkedIn profile and saw that he went to the University of Texas. Well, of course, I'm a University of Colorado person, and this was, you know, back when we still had the Big 12. And, we you know, we're in the meeting. Now, he'd researched me, too because he okay. starts the meeting by saying, you know, I shouldn't really talk to y'all because you're from from CU. And then we proceeded to dish on the University of Oklahoma. There you go. But you know, <laughs> it, it did give us that connection. <laughs> you know, and, and so that's, I think, where people, they maybe it's still the negative stereotype about sales. They're not thinking, how can we connect with people? Because that's really what it is, is you want to make that connection. Sometimes you can sell them a product or service. Sometimes you can't. You know, but you made that connection. Yes. And you know whether it was that you know you want to dish on the University of Oklahoma or you're, you 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 fish or you know whatever it is, and and that little personal touch maybe will make them come back to you when they do need your product or sure. your service. And I think that is really one of the the keys to using social media is to get those little nuggets of information. But, you know, when you're posting, don't overpost. You know, I post that I like Glee, the TV show. I post about my dogs and my cats. But, yeah, I certainly don't post about every single thing that's going on in my life. And there are times where I use various platforms very selectively. You know, I might post on Facebook, but I send it to just a few people you know so that the whole world isn't seeing something right. i just send it to a list or, or you know things like that now with twitter though it's kind of out there you know everything you post is is pretty much valid for anybody to see so i think that's a great thing but you do have to watch what you're saying as you you, do. as you mentioned
2: a number of actors are finding that out a number mm-hmm. of athletes are finding that out a number oh, of politicians yeah. have yeah. found that out yeah. not going to mention any names
1: no 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 you know, and that's one of the 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 things that continues to amaze me is people say, well, I thought it was just my friends. No. You know, or the politician that, hmm, gee, I thought only that person was going to see that picture. So I I talk to people all the time about the fact that nothing is private. No. Especially online. And I don't care what your privacy settings are. You know, Facebook in its own disclaimer says we do not guarantee privacy. So, you know, you have to watch those things. And, you people are posting all the time when they shouldn't be. Right. When I work with my students, I tell them, you know, I, that they really have to watch those things because they might think it's really fun to be talking about maybe the recreational drugs that they're using. Right. But they're also, or how wasted they got yeah, the other night. Yeah. And then they're also applying for jobs. Well, you know, that might be funny to their friends, but maybe I'm the person who's the hiring manager. And I see that post and I'm thinking, huh, okay, we're just going to skip to the next person. Precisely. And you probably find the same thing in sales where somebody yep. has posted something and you think, you know what? Not so much. I'm going to go to the next person.
2: There are two very important factors in a prospect's choosing one salesperson versus another. Mm-hmm. And very often has, has nothing to do with the company mm-hmm. because these days most companies produce great products and services. There's often very little difference mm-hmm. from one company to the next. Likeability is a huge factor. Mm-hmm. If I like you, I am more likely to do business with you. Mm-hmm. And trust is a huge factor. Right. If I trust you, mm-hmm. I'm more likely to do business with you than somebody else. Mm-hmm. Even if your quality is not as good, even if you're more expensive, if I like you and I trust you more than somebody else, mm-hmm. I'm more likely to choose you. Right. And if I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook profile or your Twitter feed, and I see you talking about getting wasted, getting hammered, about I'm reading about your divorce and and whatever else is going on wrong in your life, I'm not going to trust you very much. Right. And if I look at your political positions or your religious views, mm-hmm. and and you are either very religious or you're very anti-religious or whatever, but you're in some way in conflict with my values, mm-hmm. I don't like you as right. much. Right. Mm-hmm. So, again, you need to be very judicious in what information you're sharing Mm -hmm. because you might be sharing information that can turn your prospects off. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't want to give your prospects a reason not to buy from Mm -hmm. you.
1: Because they're looking for reasons. They are.
2: If you're trying to decide Mm -hmm. between three different companies Mm -hmm. and they all have very similar products and services, similar prices, similar guarantees, Mm -hmm. I'm choosing on Mm likability and trust. Right.
1: Well, and – You know, it is one of those things that I talk to people about, especially politics and religion, because it is a very good way to turn people off. Right. I was uh, working with some students, and they were from the Middle East. And I uh, was helping them because part of what they were doing was developing a social um, activity that they were going to be implementing in their home countries. So it was part of a scholarship program that they were here on. And so I was talking to them, and I went to their their Facebook pages, and I went to one young woman's page, and she had a T-shirt on, and it said, I'm a proud Muslim. And I pulled her aside. I would never have done this, you know, in in class. And and I said, you know, can I talk about this and the fact that some people might not like that? And she said, absolutely. So I brought it up in class, and, and I said, you know, This is is her photo. And I said, unfortunately, in this day and age, there would be some people who would think, nope, I'm not going to work with that person simply based on her picture because her T-shirt said that. And bless her, she looked at me and, of course, everyone else in class and said, if they have a problem with the fact that I'm a Muslim, then I don't want to work with them. Exactly. So she kind of got that out there. And solve that problem right away. And so I tell people it is okay to post those things. You know, I've I've worked with uh, people who are in the job market, and so we're working on their LinkedIn profile. And they're talking about maybe the various political campaigns that they have worked on, whichever party. And I tell them that's great, but if you're interviewing with somebody that's the other party – that could cause right, problems. Right. Now, you know, if that's very much an integral part of who they are, then they shouldn't hide it. Right. You know, I follow some people on Facebook that have, you know, they they post quite a bit of religious things. Yes. But that's perfectly fine because I know it's that's who they, who they are. are. And more importantly, they also discuss it. Yes. You know, I I don't like it if they just post a Bible verse, an inspirational quote, whatever, with nothing else. Tell me why you think it's important. Sure, and and then that's great, and you know, so it, it is coming back to you have to be authentic, and I think especially to be a good salesperson, that's the ultimate. You know, and,
2: and it's important to remember that whatever you are, whatever you do, some people will like you, others won't. Right. You're not going to please everybody. Mm-hmm. You will go crazy trying. Yeah,
1: and and if you do try to please everybody. You're not going to please anybody. No,
2: especially yourself. Mm-hmm. So you need to be authentic to who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you feel passionately about your religion, well, mm-hmm. oh, okay, you can yeah. put that out there. Mm-hmm. Understand that some people will like you more because mm-hmm. of that, Right. others will like you less. Mm-hmm. As long as you're okay with that, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. If you're not passionate about religion, if religion's not a big part of your mm-hmm. life, you don't need to mm-hmm. mention it.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's certainly ways to mention it in a way that shows that you're passionate about it without. Degrading or insulting yes. someone else. Respect
2: is critically important yeah. online. Yeah, you and, know, and, and there's too little of it. Mm-hmm. it it's really easy in social media to be obnoxious and abusive Mm -hmm. because it's semi-anonymous. Right.
1: We think we're hiding behind our computer screen. Right. Well, you know, if you tell me that, you know, only an idiot would like X candidate and maybe I like that candidate, well, you just called me an idiot. Right. I don't care that you're hiding behind your computer monitor and I may have never met you.
2: But I can find you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the problem is maybe somebody comes to me and says, you know what, we want to hire Dawn. What do you think about it? Well, I don't know. Don called me an idiot on Facebook. Exactly. Now, you weren't calling me an idiot, and right. you might have been joking, but I don't know that. So it's best just to kind of watch those things.
2: Being polite, being respectful, being courteous mm-hmm. is all critically important mm-hmm. online.
1: And, you know, it comes back to treat people as you want to be treated. Really? And and I think that is something that we do forget on social media. You know, we get on our soapboxes, We do whatever because we think we can hide. Yep. But we forget that people aren't going to understand that we're joking right. or that we're being sarcastic or you know, any of those things. And you know, then it comes back and it bites
2: us. And it's important that when you're having a discussion or a debate that you keep it civil, mm-hmm. you keep it friendly. I've got friends on Facebook that are completely different political viewpoints from mm-hmm. me. And we'll have debates. I'll make a post and they'll comment on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll make a post and I'll comment on it. And we'll mm-hmm. go back and forth. We can disagree We can disagree vehemently Mm -hmm. and still be friends. Right. Because while I think they're wrong and they think I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. I still respect them as a person. Right. I understand why they think what Mm -hmm. they think. And I respect that they think that, Mm -hmm. even if I don't agree Mm -hmm. with it. That respect for each other as people is what's tantamount.
1: Mm -hmm. Great. Well, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, let's talk about blogging because you do a lot of blogging, and you talk about it as why it is an absolutely fabulous and probably essential sales tool for many people. So let's go ahead and take our break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes.
3: Money, money.
0: You're listening to Mile High Radio. Milehighradio.com on the World Wide Web. For your listening pleasure. I'll I'm Elizabeth Hasselbeck. If you're like me, you probably don't have a lot of free time to exercise and keep yourself in shape. For me, the answer is the AbGlider from Proform. I can't tell you how much I love this amazing machine. It's a great fat-burning cardio workout, too. And it's fun.
2: Unlike other ab machines, the ab glider combines circular and crunch motions for a fast, fun workout
1: of your entire midsection. You engage more muscles, get a better cardio workout, and burn twice the calories
2: of other ab machines.
4: I went from an 11 to a size 4. 20 inches total. It's really easy and it's fun.
2: With this offer, you'll get an onboard workout computer, Elizabeth's 3-Minute Rapid Results DVD, and her Amazing Abs Instructional DVD, plus her Amazing Abs Eating Guide, a $159 value, free. Try the Ab Glider now for 30 days, risk-free, for as little as $14.95.
0: Call 800-268-8608. That's 800-268-8608. Try the AbGlider risk-free. Call now. 800-268-8608. The honeymoon, past the infatuation
1: phase. Right we are back for our last session here with Don Cooper. Hope everybody is enjoying this as much as I am. Don and I have never met in person. I heard him speak several years ago, was very impressed. But, of course, we follow each other on Twitter and on Facebook. But, you know, one of the things that I think people get a little caught up in is how do they get people to even connect with them so we mentioned you have 33,000 people that follow you on twitter how did you build that up and how do you know that those aren't 32,000 just nebulous people that you know were aren't, aren't functioning or you know doing not the the bots and all of those various things how did you build up to 33,000 in what a couple of years
2: uh less than that wow little, little over a year um Couple of ways. One by posting really good content mm-hmm. that gets shared a lot. Perfect. And results in a lot of follow recommendations. Mm-hmm. Every Friday on Follow Friday. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of people that recommend me mm. to their followers mm-hmm. because I'm posting really good content. Nice. So people typically only recommend you follow somebody when they're posting mm-hmm. stuff that, that's valuable and useful. So one way is by just consistently posting really good stuff. Mm-hmm. The other way is through strategic following. Mm-hmm. So I follow people strategically. I have okay. a, a secret weapon that I use for that. Mm-hmm. And if you'd like to know what that is, send me an email.
1: <laughs> Connect with you on fa- on Twitter. Connect with me on Twitter.
2: <laughs> on, my, on Twitter, I'm at, at Don Cooper. Very simple. Or send me an email at Don at Don Cooper dot com, And I will share with you the, the secret tool that I've used to build my Twitter following over the past year. I've added... About 25,000 people or so followers, actual real human mm-hmm. being followers in the last year.
1: So you didn't follow one of those things that says, for $10, I'll get you 20,000 new followers.
2: No, no most most <laughs> of that stuff is, is garbage.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I started to sign up to do one of the auto-follow programs mm-hmm. and decided not to. Because I, I will connect with almost anyone. But I always look. And so I go to their Twitter page. I look to see first, do they have a picture? You know, and, 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 or or an image. You know, it doesn't have to be them. Maybe it's, you know, their business image. Maybe it's, you know, a picture of a cloud, whatever. But that shows to me that they're a little bit more engaged at least. I want to see that they have a profile. And I look at their last tweets, you know, just, you know, the last three or four. If they haven't tweeted at all and they've already got four or 5,000 followers, that's rather confusing and I won't follow them back. Uh, but I look at things like that, so it, for me it is somewhat strategic. I do look for certain areas of town and and or you know places in the United States. I've mentioned before I'm uh, moving to Atlanta, so right. I am expanding my list of connections, especially through LinkedIn. I've been doing that a lot, um, really looking for more professional people to connect with right. on LinkedIn, which that's a, a great tool for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But um, you know it, it, it is strategic. And talk about why someone should be you know without giving your secret away. Why they should be strategic as opposed to just connecting with anybody willy-nilly.
2: Because when you connect with anybody at all, you have no idea who you're following. Mm-hmm. That's why I do not auto-follow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other experts advise not auto-following because all kinds of spammers oh, will follow yeah. everybody mm-hmm. just in the hopes of getting followed back. Mm-hmm. And if you auto-follow, then you end up following all these spammers. Mm-hmm. So I go through periodically and, and double-check people that I followed. Mm-hmm. and There's people that I don't like. I unfollow them. Mm -hmm. So I keep tabs on that. You want to connect with people that have an interest in what you're saying, what Mm -hmm. you're doing.
1: I also look at how active they are. So I go through maybe every three months or so. And if they haven't tweeted in maybe the last three to four months... I figure, you know what, they've decided Twitter's not for them. So I take them off. And that's more just because I like to keep kind of a balanced number. I'm not concerned with I have to have, you know, umpty million number of followers. I'd rather they be good people who might pay attention to me on occasion.
2: Right. I don't worry about that so much because what I do instead is take a whole different approach. Mm -hmm. I've created a whole bunch of lists on Ah. Twitter. Mm -hmm. So I've subdivided my The people that I follow into a bunch of groups, so Mm -hmm. the people that I care most about I've put into one of several Twitter lists. Mm -hmm. One is other sales experts. Ah. One is other marketing Mm -hmm. experts. One is social media experts. Mm -hmm. Uh, One is just close personal friends. Mm -hmm. So I've got a number of different lists and I can look at those lists and that's my filter. Mm -hmm. I can see the tweets from the people that I want to hear from Mm -hmm. most.
1: So how would, say, you know, one of our listeners, they connect with you, they want to get on one of your lists.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's a good tactic for them? You know, without being too spammy, without being too, you know, hi, Don, put me on one of your lists. Is it that they just interact with you and yes. that they show, you know, that they're interested in what you say? They retweet all of those various things?
2: Yeah. For example, if if they were if – if you're hearing this now and you want to connect with me on Twitter and you want me to follow you back mm-hmm. – Connect with me first. Follow me and then send me a, a tweet, you know, at Don Cooper and say, heard you on the radio, heard you on Mile High Radio with Deb Krier. Uh You know, I'm hoping you follow me back. Mm-hmm. If there's a personal note, yeah, I'll follow okay, you back. Okay, great. And I'll check your tweet stream. And if, mm-hmm. if what you tweet I find interesting mm-hmm. – Then I will add you to a list.
3: Mm. Mm -hmm.
2: So I will connect with somebody if you say, hi, I heard you speak at this event, Mm -hmm. or I heard you on the radio, or I met you at this. If there's some kind of a personal connection, Mm -hmm. that's one way. I'll want to make that two-way.
1: Well, and I think we should all get into the habit of doing that. Right. Because if we're even just vaguely using some of these tools, we start getting a lot of connections. Yes. I get uh, I get probably 20, 30 new Twitter people every day, uh, 10 or so people on Facebook, and then, you know, 5 or 6 to 10 to 20, you know, depends on what I've been doing, on LinkedIn. And if you haven't told me why you want to connect, I don't always connect. Right. And now on LinkedIn, usually I will. But remind me, gee, we just met at that women's chamber exactly. lunch or something like that. Because I meet so many people, if you jog my memory then that's, that's much better. You're correct. So, great. Well, we just have about four minutes here before we need to wrap up. So, in a nutshell, you know, what would you say about using social media and what are some tips for using it as a, a sales tool?
2: The important thing with social media is what I call the three C's. That's contacts, content, and consistency. Great. Whichever platform you're going to use, you want to build your contact list... You want to build it organically. Mm -hmm. You want to post good content, and you want to do so consistently. Mm -hmm. So figure out what your expertise is. What do you know that others would like to know? Mm -hmm. And share that, whether it's through tweets or through Facebook updates or pictures or LinkedIn posts or blog posts or YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Figure out what you have to share. Package it. In ways that are appropriate for those platforms Share it via those platforms Mm -hmm. Build your contacts on those platforms Great And do that consistently Mm -hmm. That's why it's it's better to do just one and do Mm -hmm. it well Than Mm -hmm. to try to do all of them and do them all real sporadically
1: Right Well, you know, we didn't even get to talk about how to use uh, blogs as a sales tool, so that means you have to come back. Absolutely. (laughs) And and I would love that. That would be great. Sure. Um, I did start doing this program just twice a month. Uh, Starting today, we are switching to every Monday. Congratulations. So that's a lot of fun. Oh, my, my (laughs) the boss man just gave me this look like, really? Um, But, yeah, so we will be going every week on Monday um, from 1 to 2 Mountain Time. Obviously, the program is recorded, so you can listen on demand. My guest next week will be Dave Taylor. Which that's I'm really looking forward to. Dave is an expert in many things, does a lot of things with blogging, you know, all sorts of things. So that's going to be really a lot of fun. Then uh, the following week, I won't be here. I will have a guest host. For those of you who've listened before, I had uh, Lita Citrone on the program. She's going to be my guest host. One of the things that she focuses her business on is uh, what what she focuses on totally is personal branding. And she dedicates a lot of time working with veterans on how they should develop their personal brand, especially if they've been in the military quite a long time. And so she's going to be talking about the programs that she has with them, and also how they really should start using social media as part of maybe how they get back into the workforce and, and things like that. So that's going to be a program that you know we just can't miss. And then after that, we have you know tons and tons of really good guests, really fabulous guests. You know, it's very lucky that that we've got uh, so many great connections here in Denver. Before long, we'll be able to have guests that aren't in Denver, so that'll be a lot of fun. But, you know, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Thank you again, Don, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you, Haas, for running the boards for us today. And, you know, as always, tune in or listen on demand to milehighradio.com.